This is the Squared Ham Podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and guests and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with in their professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions expressed are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, fraternity, business, company, or a specific individual. Now, on to the show. Morning, morning time. I am Mike Schaefer, and welcome to the Squared Ham. It is Thursday. August 30th, 2020. This is episode 15, Tunnel Vision Media. What's hot in the news right now? What is our media going crazy about today? Well, first up, Chadwick Boseman. He's a star of Black Panther, passed away unfortunately at the young age of 43. We understand that he was battling cancer for about the last four years, certainly unfortunate, He'll be missed by many who were fans of the show, but he's in the news right now. Also in the news, the Republican convention is over, and the Democrats obviously have to find something wrong with it. Let's see what they're complaining about. They're complaining about the Rose Garden. Apparently, they don't like the way it was redone. They're saying it's distasteful, it's boring, it's bland, etc. They're complaining about flowers. They're complaining that our First Lady, Melania Trump, did not speak English well. You kidding me? Didn't speak English well? She grew up in Yugoslav Republic of Slovenia. She speaks five languages. Slovenian, English, French, Italian, and German. I have a hard enough time speaking English. Yet she can speak five languages, and those doing the complaining are fluent in abonics. They themselves can't speak English properly. The hypocrisy is appalling. The Democrats also want to bring charges against the president. Why? Why not, right? Now they're saying he violated the Hatch Act for using the White House setting for the convention. Speaking of the convention, Senator Rand Paul was leaving the convention. He is one of the writers on one of the bills right now trying to get this reform taken care of for all these social injustices. He's a writer of it. He's drafting a new bill in their favor. But yet they mob him and his family to the point where police officers are getting shoved and pushed all around him as he's trying to leave the convention. And it's not just him. There was another innocent bystander who was standing outside merely watching the fireworks. And this poor gentleman was beaten badly by those rioters. Jacob Blake was shot seven times by the police in Kenosha, Wisconsin. More riots erupted, obviously, from this. Now, I don't claim to be an expert. I don't know what the whole story is. The story, when it first came out and was presented to us, was that this gentleman was breaking up a fight. After the cops arrived, he attempted to leave to go pick his children up from some event. The cops wanted him to stay. He wanted to leave. And they shot him in the back seven times. That's a story that was pushed out to us. More information has come out. I don't know the story. I don't, again, I don't know how it's true about it. But apparently there might have been a knife involved. The gentleman had a felonious history. 
he had open warrants. So when the cops came and were questioning everybody involved at the scene, and they ran everybody's name, he came up hot. So regardless of what happened at that scene, if he had outstanding warrants, he was going to jail. Should he have been shot seven times in the back? That's for the courts to decide. You know, we don't know if he was had a gun, don't have a gun, what the whole story was. If he didn't have a gun, you know, we got a problem with too many shootings. But the folks are saying, well, if he just would have listened, you know, he, he wouldn't have get shot. And other folks say, you know, they shouldn't have questioned him. He was doing a good job. All these motives, all these things back and forth, both sides playing the, the what-ifs. They're, they're not looking at what led up to it, but they're looking at the actual event. The other side's looking at what led up to it and not the event. So it's back and forth. So with all these riots going on in Kenosha, another story erupted recently where a 17-year-old fatally shot two men and wounded another. Um, this gentleman's name is Kyle Rittenhouse. And... Again, both sides are immediately choosing sides on this. The initial look, the man's being beaten by a skateboard and fleeing a mob, and he fires what appears to be self-defense to get these people off of him. Other video comes out and shows other stories, and it's back and forth. But again, now you got the one side saying, well, if he wasn't there and he didn't show up, then he had the bad intent of doing something, so he's just as guilty for being there as regardless of it was self-defense later on. But that same thinking doesn't apply to Jacob Blake, whereas, you know, if he wasn't there, it wouldn't have happened, or if he would have complied, it wouldn't have happened. You know, it's just this back and forth, and it's it's getting crazy. And many of you, you know, are this, should have followed the law, should have followed the law. You're right. A lot of times, if you just obey, just do what the cop says, right, wrong, or different, you're going to get out of the situation alive. Take it to court later, hash it out there. If the cop's wrong, it's going to come out, and you can go on from there. You know, 99% of the time, if you just do what you're told when you're told to do it, right, wrong, and different, you know, keep the, keep the tensions down, you're going to make it out of it, the situation, okay. And I see a lot of my, my right-wing friends, should have obeyed the law, should have obeyed the law. Well, these same folks, I run into them in Walmart or other stores where the store has a legal right to allow people to come in under their conditions. Remember the whole, we're not going to bake a cake for a same-sex couple for their wedding. And there was a whole bunch of folks saying the store owner has the right to do what they want, right? This whole side jumping on that. Well, now stores are requiring people to wear a mask to shop there. I go in, I put my mask on, I leave and take my mask off. It's what the store wants me to do. I want to shop there. I'm going to comply with their rules. But these same friends are just, I'm not wearing a mask, it violates my rights. Well, didn't it violate the rights of the person that wanted a cake? You know, if that same thinking. So it just seems like there's a whole lot of double standards on both sides. And these are all things that the media is just loving and covering and, and just having a field day with. But what they're not talking about is just a day, one day after my last podcast, episode 14, Teen Social Media. After that aired, 39, count them again, 39, 39 missing children were recovered in Georgia. The media would much rather focus on that political drama 
deaths of movie actors and the coverage of sports athletes refusing to play than cover the fact that we got 39 of our children back safely. 39 children were rescued. Here on The Squared Ham, you will hear the stories the media doesn't want to cover. Operation Not Forgotten. That's this operation that rescued these 39 teens here in Georgia. It was part of a two-week effort to rescue these endangered minors. The U.S. Marshals Missing Child Unit led the search. They collaborated with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and they also collaborated with state and local agencies. During this operation, authorities arrested nine people. They cleared 26 warrants and filed numerous additional charges related to sex trafficking, parental kidnapping, registered sex offender violations, drugs, weapons, possession, and custodial interference. You know how old these children were? These were ages 3 to 17. These aren't even teenagers. Some of these were, you know, babies, 3 years old. And we're thinking, man, 39, that's a great number. And, and they are. It's a great number. But according to the FBI, every 40 seconds, a child goes missing in the U.S. That accounts for approximately 765,000 missing children a year. That 39 is just a drop in the bucket compared to the 765,000. Now keep in mind, every time a child's reported missing, it gets put in that number. So in all fairness and transparency... Some of these children run around away multiple times throughout the year, and they come back. So they're called in as a runaway. They return to the parents, run away back and forth, and these numbers get a little skewed. They're not perfect. But still, even if half the numbers were that, you'd be at 300, you know, 400,000 versus the 49 that were just recovered. One of the most useful tools for recovering your children is, you know, Get that information out there. They, they say the first 48 hours is the most important. And those of us that have cell phones, computers, TV, radio, there's nothing that you probably never not gotten an Amber Alert. So when you get those, don't be like most people and just quickly silence it and throw it back in your pocket. Take time to read it, please. Look at it. If it gives a description of a car, a known location, something, if it's in your area, just be vigilant, be alert. It's one of the most successful tools out there for providing these children. And, you know, let's all do our part to help. This child sex trafficking is horrible. You know, folks, we need to figure this out. We need to focus our efforts on this horrific pandemic. And we probably need to spend less pandering to the whims of everyone who is offended by every little thing. We need less focus on the political and sports drama that has taken over our everyday news outlets. This is a really serious problem and requires aggressive solutions now. If everyone was aware of child exploitation, as they are now aware about COVID-19, we could drop these numbers drastically. Save children. We could save lives. I don't understand. Why is the media so biased and tunnel-visioned? What is their real agenda? I know this. It certainly isn't covering all the news fairly. Else, they would have more stories on child sex trafficking. I'll leave you with one more thought on this, and then we'll move on to something else. There is such a push to uncover Hillary's emails, President Trump's taxes, who killed Epstein, and, and more nonsense like that. Just last year, there was a push to storm Area 51 and to find aliens. Aliens, really? 
Why not the same push to uncover the child sex traffickers? You want to storm Area 51? Fine. Why not storm Area 51 to see if it's secretly hiding children? That would be far more believable. Now on another note, for many of us, COVID-19 has caused us to change the way we work. I currently am doing a lot of teleworking. This allows me to multitask a lot more at home, especially when it comes to cooking. Before COVID-19, our meals were centered around what we could quickly prepare after a long day at work. Sometimes slow cooker, crock pot, you know, those type of meals. They'd be made while we were at work, but very rarely. The largest majority of our meals were, were prepared from scratch when we got home. Now that I'm home a bit more and the wife is retired, you know, we can start some things in the smoker or sous vide in the morning and tend to it throughout the day. And it'll be ready later in the evening. You know, just being able to take breaks from teleworking and, and doing that, it, it's great. I have a really nice gas grill. I've got a beautiful four burner flat top. I also have a deep fryer in this gas. I haven't used it forever, but I have it. And I have an electric smoker. These tools, I can accomplish just about everything I've wanted to in the barbecue grill world. I've been contemplating purchasing a pellet grill, though. Man, there's a lot of companies and options out there when you start looking at those grills. I won't mention the names of the grills and flat tops and things I have. That They're pretty nice, um, fairly popular. But when you start looking at these pellet grills, there's a lot of big name brands out there, too. And none of them are sponsoring this podcast, so I'm not going to mention them either. But your big box stores have pellet grills, and you can find them three, five, six hundred dollars $600, depending on how big you want to go. And they seem really nice. But to step up into the popular name brands, you're easily doubling that number. And I, I just don't know if it's worth it. It probably is. You know, you get what you pay for a lot of times. But sometimes you're just paying for names. Now, before a lot of the purists start coming on here and saying, why you want a pellet grill, you know, charcoal and wood's the only way to go. I understand. I agree 100%. But I want the convenience of it. I want to set it and forget it. And I don't want to have to stand by wood or charcoal for hours tending to a fire. Listeners, do you have a pellet grill? If so, what are you using? What do you recommend? And what are the must-have features when selecting one? Email me squaredham.com and let me know you know let me know what you've got and why you like it why you don't like it you know what to buy or what to stay away from greatly appreciate it and look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions on that now i'm not the only one in my family that likes cooking gadgets my wife enjoys them too a few years ago she jumped on the electric pressure cooker fad and bought one she bought the one that gets all the hype you know the most popular brand out there it even has a cult following of its own on facebook it's got its own facebook group and to be honest, at first, I wasn't too impressed. I was like, but we have a pressure cooker. Now, mind you, it was an antique metal pressure cooker that you put on the stove and had one of those jigglers on the top, you know, making a lot of noise. And I used it. It worked. But it was mostly used for just large cuts of meat, mostly making pulled pork and things like that. However, once we started using this, this electric pressure cooker, man, I found out that it was much greater use for it than just meats. We found ourselves making entire meals in it. Roasts, you know, with the potatoes and carrots and onion, everything in it. Spaghetti. You throw it all in. Sauce, meat, noodles. Put it all in there. Hit it, and you've got spaghetti. 
Hard-boiled eggs. I won't make hard-boiled eggs any other way than using a pressure cooker. They come out perfect every time, easy to peel. You know, the wife even made this, this delicious cheesecake in it that was just phenomenal. And it wasn't long before we found the big brother, or big sister, of it in the house. The wife went out and she bought herself another one, a larger one. Same brand, but just a larger version of it. So now we have two of them in the house. So we use them. She liked them so much she's even given them away as Christmas gifts to family members. Now one of the other devices I really like is my sous vide, or sous vide. It's spelled S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E, sous vide. And it's just a device that basically heats water up and circulates it. But you vacuum seal your meats, throw them in that tub of water. It doesn't boil them. It doesn't get hot enough to boil and the water doesn't touch the meat because it's sealed by the plastic. But it brings your entire meat up to the desired temperature you want it to be. You want medium rare, 133 degrees. Let it sit in there four hours or so, a couple hours, and it brings the whole meat up to the perfect temperature. When you're ready to, to eat it, pull it out of the bag, pat off any moisture, and you can do a reverse sear on the grill, a cast iron pan. Or if you want to be fancy, get you one of those you know, butane propane torches and you can brown it up that way. But I'm going to tell you it's perfect because if you like a medium rare steak, you'll have that red from edge to edge. You're not going to have that red, that gray, you know, going an eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch into your steak with a thin strip in the middle, but only being red. You're going to have perfect redness, perfect tenderness, juicy, moist, delicious. I bring this up because the wife is now looking at jumping on the latest fad, the air fryers. I don't know. I'm a skeptic. I'm, I'm just not sold on them yet. You know, they, they seem to have very small cooking capacities. And if you get one that's got a larger capacity, then it's, it's quite ridiculously priced. They don't seem to speed up the cooking time at all. You know, the only benefit I'm really seeing on them is they might be a bit healthier. They only use a little bit of oil or no oil, so they might be a little bit healthier. I don't know. And listeners, do you own one? If so, how do you like it? What model do you recommend? Huh? Why? Why would you recommend it? You know, I understand just like my sous vide device that makes steaks better than anything I've ever eaten. Does the air fryer have its specialty? Is there a specific thing or things that it does better than anything else? Come on, sell me on this so I can make the wife happy. Just let me know why I can't live without one. Why I need it to have the best whatever, whatever that I've ever had made with it. Are there any other kitchen gadgets out there? that you're fond of, that you know, that you might want to share and say, hey, you've got to have this as well. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know. Email squaredham at gmail.com with, with gadgets and your thoughts and recommendations on air fryers. And I'll leave you with this old Amish Pennsylvania Dutch saying. And now this saying was painted on a wall at a restaurant that I used to go to probably weekly with my parents when I was a kid. Unfortunately, it's no longer there. The owner passed away... And I don't think new management took it over. But but anyway, this restaurant had this painting on the wall. And it had all over the wall, several paintings. But there was a saying that I used to read every time when I came in there. And it simply read, Kissing wears out, cooking don't. With this COVID-19 pandemic confining many of us to our homes and restaurants being closed, many of us are now forced to cook entirely from home. Is that Amish saying right? What's more important now, the kissing or the cooking? That's the show for today. I'd love to hear from you and hear what your thoughts and comments are on today's show. 
or if there is a topic that I have not covered and you would like me to, please let me know. Comments can be emailed to thesquaredham at gmail.com. Again, that's thesquaredham at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember, you can spend your time searching for light, or you can become the light.